Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Today's teaching may sound repetitive, but it's worth repeating as often as possible. It's because there will be countless times in your life that this will apply directly to your situation. Pastor Jim is paraphrasing Paul, who is reminding Timothy not to feel alone or overwhelmed, that he is strong enough, and that with his focus on Jesus at the center of the church, anything is possible. You need to keep Jesus at the center of your life too. You are not going through this life alone, and no one can offer you support like Jesus can. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he continues his message, The Enduring Christian. Sadly, many Christians get tired or get over the fact that God became a man and, and the reality of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul would tell us that's what fuels the Christian life. That's the fuel, right? And when the Holy Spirit activates that in you and you're thinking about that, that is going to change the way you address every aspect of life. Every aspect of life. You know, I was doing something yesterday some of you probably don't do too often. I have a pond by my house, and I stopped by it, and I was just looking at it, and there was a bunch of ducks in it. And I got out, and I said, you know, I want to be like you guys. I just want a lot of stuff to roll right off my back. That's what I want to be like. And they were looking at me like, what's this crazy guy doing? <laughs> but that won't happen unless the cross and resurrection are motivating us to live for Christ. Yes, we get the forgiveness of sins, we get salvation, we get eternal life, and much, much more. But the Apostle Paul is consistently pointing us to the basics of the Christian life. And here he points out two realities to us. He says, Jesus Christ, okay, of the seed or as a descendant of King David. All right, so King David was what? He was a warrior he was a king. He was a victor. A thousand years later, Jesus comes along through his bloodline, and so was Jesus, or a descendant. And so he suffered while fighting death, yet he emerged victorious as the victorious king on the, from the cross. And so how? Well, it's the second reality. He was raised from the dead. So the basis for Jesus' victorious saving work is the cross and resurrection. Now, perhaps... The Apostle Paul is trying to communicate to Timothy and to all of us and to remind all of us, God keeps his promises even when you're suffering. Don't forget that, that you're suffering, right? God will still keep his promises to you. And Lord willing, we'll see that next week where, where false teachers had already begun to say that, that they had all the benefits already of Jesus rising from the dead. And that teaching is, is around today. If this is all the benefits, what are we doing? <laughs> That's what the Apostle Paul says. It's like, if there's no resurrection from the dead, we should be pitied. If this life is all we have, I mean, I enjoy living, but I don't know about you, but I have much higher expectations for the next life. <laughs> much higher expectations. And so the result is, that if, if we think that this is it, that people don't see they may or they will suffer for the gospel, and then what happens is many quit when they do. 
because they don't see that, that this is part of the Christian life. Listen, everybody suffers in this life. Everybody does. You know, death is one to a customer. You know, unless the Lord comes back, I don't mean to, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but one day you will be the subject of the sermon. <laughs> it will be about you. Now, listen, I'm older than some of you. If I go before you, two things. Two, you ready? Two things. Number one, you take care of my Pam, okay? You take care of my Pam. Number two, don't you dare shed a tear for me. Don't you dare. You go, oh, Jimmy beat us there, man, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, don't you shed a tear for me because I will be happy. But you take care of my Pam. You take care of my Pam. What's sad is for people who are lied to about the good news, you you try and tell them the good news, but if they've been lied to and things are not going well, they're convinced they know it and it doesn't work. And it's very hard to talk to them about it. But that's the gospel of self. That's why the apostle is constantly turning our heads to the Lord Jesus, the one who has been raised from the dead. Now, do we participate in the resurrection? We will. Will we be reunited with our loved ones who put their trust in Jesus? We will. Will we recognize them? We will. Will we fight with them? We won't. <laughs> right? <laughs> will they want the money back that we owe them? No. <laughs> right? It will be a pure joy fest. Yet, here, we still struggle. Even though we have the person and power of the Holy Spirit in us, we still struggle to access it because our flesh is in this battle. It's not the Holy Spirit's problem. It's ours. And here he tells us that about Jesus, that he's a descendant of King David. What does that tell us? That Jesus knew the struggle. He was a man. He was a man. King David was a man. Jesus was a man. But then he also tells us he was risen from the dead. He was divine. He was God become a man. So the Apostle Paul calls Timothy and us to see the crucified and resurrected king, which will keep the hope of victory alive in all of us. By the way, if you haven't figured it out, that's what we're trying to do on Sunday mornings. We are trying to ignite our hearts with the hope of victory, with the resurrected life that will make the heartache and the pain of this life be put in a proper perspective. That yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, there's so many ramifications of sin in this world. But the best, by far the best, is yet to come. And he is showing us that. Why is that important? So our present struggles, so the suffering that God is working in us will not overwhelm us. And, and yes, God is working suffering in us. And it's not, it's not easy. You know, I, I have these days on my calendar when I, I got to call my mom. And, and, you know, it's like, 
it's like my father's birthday and their anniversary and the day my dad passed and, and then my sister's birthday and then my, my little sister died, you know, when she was 47. She just went to sleep and woke up and she never woke up. You know, we didn't know. And, and so I got to call my mom on those days and they're not easy calls, but we hope and trust that God is using those things to work something in us and I got to tell you, I, the, both of them, I never had more conversations about Jesus than in those final times. And so God is at work in us, but he doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. Once again, the Apostle Paul says, Timothy, remember, all of these difficulties you're having, keep your eye on Jesus Christ. Keep focused on him. Keep him central in the church, Timothy. Don't go off on all this other stuff. You know, keep Jesus Christ at the center of everything that you do in the church. And here we have a situation. Some people have said to me in the church, they, they're like, well, you know, you did, Pastor Jim, you did Esther, but you've done a whole bunch of portions of Scripture. Normally for years we went through books of the Bible, and all of a sudden you just kind of stopped for a bit and you've just been doing like select chapters or the life of a character or something like that. And why is that? And the reason is simply this. Now, I'm still going line by line through chapters of the Bible, but instead of just one starting chapter one and going to the end of the book, why I've been doing that is because I can see among the people that so many people's tanks are empty. They're just completely empty. COVID has so many people are out of gas and people are coming back even now from COVID and they see me at the door and they're fighting the tears because they are so empty. Some of them I've been in touch with and others I texted and emailed and they never answered me and now they just walk back in and people are just, they're just out of gas. They're running on empty. But remember, you might be running on empty, but guess what? The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. And, and, and let the king who sits on the throne fill your heart and your soul up again. And he will do it if you allow him to do it. Motivated by his grace, empowered by the spirit, you will be a soldier, an athlete, a hardworking farmer, not some spectator. God will do these things. When the Apostle Paul says, according to my gospel, according to the cross and resurrection, he's not saying, well, it's my gospel. He's saying, I have the same gospel that Jesus and the apostles had. This is an important thing. We don't invent the gospel. The gospel has been entrusted to us. It is a trust, the story of God become a man to save his people from their sins. Yet Jesus Christ raised from the dead is the ongoing central experience of the Christian life for all true followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we're seeing in 1 Corinthians 15 on Sunday mornings. You know, all the glories, all the truth and the experience of the Christian life and the life to come is guaranteed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Timothy, don't lose focus on that. Like he's like, I'm going to be gone. I realize you're going to be sad. I realize you're going to be sad. But don't lose focus on that. Don't lose focus on that. Verse 9 and 10, we see how the Apostle Paul holds on to this even as he faces death. He says, for which I suffer 
trouble. Some versions say hardship as an evildoer. Some versions say criminal, even to the point of change. He's imprisoned, but the word of God is not chained. In other words, the word of God is not bound. The word of God is not imprisoned. Verse 10, therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect. Some versions say those who are chosen. We'll get to that in a minute. That they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So having moved from a statement of the gospel in verse 8, now he moves into a personal testimony, okay, that he sees life through the lens of the gospel. It's so important that we do too. Just not when we're in church, but we do on a regular basis. For the Apostle Paul, he wants this for Timothy, and he wants this for you. He wants it for me. He wants it for all of us. He understood the incredible availability of resurrection power for the struggles of this life. I think too often we're just, I'm not saying we don't focus on miracles. We don't pray for miracles, but sometimes that's all people are focused on. Just the daily struggles of this life. God has power within us for this. And this is another one of those things you're going to go home and like, oh, what he's talking about. I'll give you an example and maybe it'll help. One of the things that is odd in the Christian life is that the cost of true freedom is usually often what may appear to be a complete loss of freedom. So the cost of true freedom often appears to be a loss of freedom. Let me give you the best example ever in history. Our freedom required the arrest and crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. So our freedom required the sacrifice of his freedom. And so often the sacrifice of our own freedom is the loss of our freedom and following the Lord Jesus. So here you have this guy, the Apostle Paul, sits in prison, right? They're about to chop his head off, and he's the leader of what some might say is an illegal religion, telling people that Jesus is Lord, that means Caesar's not, writing to us, not all upset that he's going to die, writing to all of us 2,000 years later so we can all know the risen Christ, so we can all stop just crying about every little thing that's not that important, and we can endure for the sake of the gospel. And he says in verse 9, for which I suffer for preaching Jesus, essentially. But you know what he would tell us if he was here today? He would say, hey, listen, man, knowing Jesus, it's worth the whole thing. It's worth the whole thing. Go ahead, take my head off. Jesus will just reattach it. (laughs) Not a big deal. Now, the word suffer can also mean hardship or adversity. And the idea is he's saying, Timothy, this is going to come to you too. This is going to come to all of us who follow Jesus. Yet, the Apostle Paul, is going to, he's going to be executed, but he's not a criminal. He's innocent. He's a Roman citizen. He's been stripped of his rights. Probably as much as anything that he's in trouble for, he would go into towns and he would preach the gospel to people. Right? Preaches the gospel. What happens? 
Big riot, big fight, fists are flying, all kinds of violence. I preach the gospel, people go have bagels and coffee in the cafe. <laughs> right? I'm like so offended, right? right? But every once in a while, people walk out and they go, I didn't agree with anything you said. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I feel blessed. Other people walk out and I go, other people go, I agree with everything you said. And I go, well, we both could be wrong. <laughs> but this guy, man, all it was is he preaches the gospel and, there, and there's riots and that's probably what he's in jail for. Yet no matter what happens, did you notice, I read it quickly, what he said. If you got your own Bible, you got to underline it. He says, the word of God is not chained. He's like, they can lock me up all they want. They can take my head off. They can lock all the apostles up. They can lock up everybody, but the word of God not changed. That's a rallying cry for the church today. That's what we need. We need more people with the mindset of the word of God is not chained because the reality is, if you're sold out to Jesus, you can stop the message, but you can't stop the messenger. And if you're that sold out, and while he's in prison, he knows he's writing letters. I always say about the Apostle Paul, that's the only way God could slow him down, was to put him in prison to write some letters so we'd have these things. The guy was running all over the place. But while he's in prison, what is he doing? Writing letters for us for now. While he's in prison, what else is going on? People like Timothy are out preaching the gospel. While missionaries all across the world are in jail in various places for preaching the gospel, what's happening? Others are coming and preaching the gospel, right? Maybe your job, they told you, you can't preach the gospel. That's fine. Somebody goes, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more. Take them out to lunch. It's not company time. Just be creative in these things. Why? Well, verse 10 tells us, so people can obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now, I got to say this, or people are going to be all upset if I don't. They won't be really, but the Apostle Paul calls them the elect, okay? Do not get tied up in a knot over that. Do not. Do not. I've been getting a lot of emails from people, apparently. John MacArthur's been talking about election on our radio station lately. You know, people get all tied up in a knot. My favorite explanation comes from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He just says, just picture yourself walking to heaven, and you're, there's the gates above you, and it says, come to me, all of you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then you get in through the gate, and you turn around, and you look back at the gate, and it says, chosen since the foundations of the world. <laughs> Right, So, you know, people get all in a knot about this stuff. You know, I remember a guy came to the church one time and he said, I believe in election. Why do you keep telling people to repent and believe? I go, because Jesus and the apostles told people to repent and believe. I'm just cheating. I'm copying them. And, and so he goes, well, I believe in election. I go, I do too. We're just helping God elect people. <laughs> we're, just helping God, we're just helping God along. We, you know, people hear the message through other people. So who are the elect? Okay, They're the people who respond to God's calling. Much more important than knowing every little nuance of some of these things is to know, have you responded to God's calling? If you're out watching online, have you responded to God's calling? You're driving in your car, listening on the radio. Have you responded to God's calling? That's what's important. 
Rather than argue such terms, the Apostle Paul shows us that following Jesus' sacrifice and suffering, right, we do that so others can hear the good news. This is a call to all of us to invest our time, our talents, and our treasure in gospel service for the eternal glory of people. Well, let's just zip through verses 11 through 13 quickly. Now, this section concludes with what appears to be a common liturgy or hymn of the day. Verse 11, this is a faithful saying, that if we died with him, we shall also live with him. Verse 12, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So the Apostle Paul is reminding Timothy that the Christian life is lived in a hostile world, and we have to continue on it in the midst of it. And he's telling him, you're going to have to continue in pastoral ministry in the midst of it. This will often mean dying to yourself, but also the reminder that we shall also live with him. For all of us, we might put it this way. As we live this life, always keep in mind our risen Lord. Always keep in mind his suffering. Many Bible scholars identify verse 11 with conversion and baptism to highly, tightly held things in the early church, not so much in America. Verse 12 calls us to endure and never deny knowing the Lord. This is a call to faithfulness to the end. I mean, he says right there, okay, if we deny him, he will deny us. And if you have denied the Lord, this is very simple. Come back to him and he will take you back, okay? If you have denied the Lord, and many of us have, come back to him and he will take you back. But don't assume that he will if you don't come back because it may mean that you never really belonged to him. The expression, I'm saved, I'm just not walking with the Lord, is a very dangerous one. How do you know you're saved? What evidence do you have? Now, people, some people are always like on eggshells with that. Just walk with the Lord and don't sweat it. <laughs> don't, 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 don't worry about it. Enduring, persevering in the face of difficulty and temptation is one of the signs that you are saved, is one of the signs that you belong to the Lord. Now, verse 13, again, I want to read it again. He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Verse 13 does not mean that it's okay to be faithless. Now, let's just talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness is a decision to continue following the Lord. It's a decision to continue in gospel ministry and faithfulness. Yet, this is where I think people get some of this wrong. God is faithful to do what he says, okay? Most of you would agree with that. But when people are faithless and abandon the faith, God's promise still stands that if you deny him, he will deny you. That if you are not one of his, that when you go into the next life, it will be too late that's why if you've walked away from the Lord, you have to come back. You have to come back. Jesus will be faithful 
when true followers are not. Notice I said true followers, not phony followers. That's because our salvation rests in Jesus, not in ourselves. But the decision to withdraw from the Christian life has grave consequences. Once again, deny Jesus and he will deny you. Because it probably means you never really were one of his. But the decision to put your trust in Jesus and then press on in the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God promises eternal glory with the Lord forever. How? Remember. Remember. Remember Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead and promises the power to endure to all who Jesus said repent and believe, all who turn to him. Repent means to turn. Believe is to put your trust in Jesus. He promises it to everyone who is an enduring Christian as we endure all the way to glory. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.